There are times that you think you know something and you don't know it until you've been through it. One of the examples of that that I was thinking of, I, I grew up in Washington and learned to drive in Washington in the Seattle area. And because of that, uh, we dealt with lots of rain. That didn't uh, get any better when I moved down here, I noticed. We've been getting lots and lots of rain. But one of the things that you have to learn when you drive in lots and lots of rain is what to do if you hydroplane. Right, Because hydroplaning is a real thing. It happens. The water is across the road. And what you're supposed to do is keep the wheels straight going down the road. And somebody can tell you that. Okay, if you hydroplane, you keep the wheels straight down the road because the, what's happening is the wheels are off the ground and they aren't doing anything. And as soon as they find traction, they are going to point in some direction and you are going to go that new direction. And so you want to keep them pointed straight down the road. Even if your car starts to drift, you keep them pointed straight down the road. And so you can tell somebody that, but once they start to drive and that happens to them for the first time, you may notice that they don't really know what they thought they knew. Right? They might have been able to tell you, oh yes, if I hydroplane, then what I should do is I should keep... And what happens is that when they hydroplane, they see that the front end of the car is doing like this, and they freak out, and so they quit, do like this, and just about the time that they do like this, the tires hit and the car goes this way. And you go across two lanes of traffic, and then you overcorrect again because you're still trying to really learn this lesson, and you... Come back the other way again. But once you know, once you really know, no, when this, when this thing happens, I am prepared, right? Not just an intellectual knowing, but a, but a prepared kind of knowledge so that when experientially I'm driving down the road and my tires lift off and my car starts doing like this, I, I'm just going to hold it right down this lane. Come on, find traction. Come on, find traction. And I'm just hoping that I run out of puddle before I run out of room. But then when they hit, right back down the lane and I am the master of hydroplaning. Right? So what I want to do for you this morning is I want to help you know what you think you know. So that you can be the master of hydroplaning this morning. Okay? We're going to look at one verse. One verse, because I want to help you know what you already think you know. You already think you know this verse. I want to make sure you know this verse. Okay? In a prepared, ready for it way. Are you ready? Romans 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called According to his purpose. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Look, the way this verse starts is and we know. We know. This isn't the kind of thing where your friend comes to you and goes, you know, and then they tell you something you've never heard before. Oh, yeah, of course I did. This is the kind of thing where Paul is reminding us the thing that we have already been knowing and continue to know. He just wants to make sure you know, you know, you know, 
I couldn't resist. (laughs) And we know, we know, we have been knowing, this is, this is a knowledge that we have been holding on to, that God is who He says He is. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. We know that, right? Because we know God is sovereign. God is omnipotent, all-powerful. He's able to do whatever He wants. He is God, creator of all things. So, all things work together for good. We know that. Until we start getting into things. And then we begin to wonder. What about this thing? It's not like we're actively questioning and saying, I don't know that this thing is going to work together for good. I don't know that there could possibly be any good outcome from this thing. We just find ourselves in the thing, whatever that thing is, and we find ourselves going, "Uh, this is not good. This is not good. No good can come from this. You ever find yourself saying that? No good can come from this. You ever look back at your life and go, I don't know what I was thinking back there. No good can come from that. Or you look back at that thing, the the thing that you wish wasn't there in your history, that you you, you just pull back the curtain to peek back down your history, and you go, oh, why did that have to happen back there? No good can come from that. No good can come from that. And then we hit this verse and it says, all things, all things work together for good. We, we know, we know that all things work together for good. And so when we find ourselves in the things or remembering the things, all of them, we remind ourselves that what we know is that all of those things, sovereignly, providentially, get worked together for good. How does that happen? That's not the point of this verse. The point of this verse is to remind us that we know that that is true. Do you know there are so many people in the world that want for this to be true? That all things would work together for good? There are people all over the place trying to claim this as a promise for them. I'll give you an example. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Who says? If it doesn't, is that a promise? Who promised that? Oh, you know, well, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Maybe not. Maybe it just hurt. 
Every time I play basketball and I roll an ankle, I don't have anybody go, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. They go, wow, you got really bad ankles. You play basketball really dumb-like. You shouldn't play it that way anymore. That, whatever, whatever doesn't kill you makes you... That, that's, not, that's not a thing that you can hang on to. There are, there are people all over the place who are trying to, to tell themselves that this is okay for them. Here's another one. Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. I can see that some of you have never heard this phrase before. Everything happens for a reason. People, people grab onto this. It's their mantra. You know, I always say, everything happens for a reason. And what they mean is some moderate adversity... There can be some good that comes out of that, perhaps, maybe. I think that's if you were to really drill down and push them on. What do you mean by that? Everything happens for a reason. What's the reason? Oh, I don't know, but I'm sure that there is one. It will result in something. Some good will come from this. Everything happens for a reason, you know. What? Oprah is really big on this. Everything happens for a reason. Actors, really big. Everything happens for a reason. Friends that I grew up with, everything happens for a reason. You lose a job. Well, everything happens for a reason. You didn't get a job. Well, everything happens for a reason. You got sick. Well, everything happens for a reason. You know when it starts breaking down? When it gets just a little bit beyond moderate to maybe quasi-big. Hurricane comes through. Well, everything happens for a reason. What? Gunman breaks into school. Well, everything happens for a reason, you know. Abuse in my background. Well, you know, everything happens for a reason. Really? They don't pull that out then. They're not waving the everything happens for a reason flag when the big stuff happens. Why? Because secretly, deep down, they're not sure that's true. They're mostly optimistic and hope that if they say it, it could become true. But when you really push, it, push on it and go, how come? How do you know? Who's in control? If everything happens for a reason that's assuming that someone is having all of these things happen and is in control of the whole thing so that it can go somewhere. Who is that? Oprah, who is that?
Didn't it make you feel better? Everything happens for a reason. For we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For we know, we we hear, we know, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. That's a pretty big qualifier. For those who love God, everything works together for good. Isn't it weird how when you read something, you just put an emphasis in a different spot and it highlights something completely new for you? Let let me... And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Oh, yeah, okay, we know this. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. I could just stand up here all morning and do this. And you go, oh, wow. Wow. How does he come up with this stuff? I never saw it that way before. He just put the emphasis in a different place. Thank you. That's an English major joke right there. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. See, what people try to do is they truncate this verse to just all things work together for good. But we have to have this qualifier. What we know is that for all those who love God, all things work together for good. We have to remember the context for this is the work of the Holy Spirit in the midst of suffering. That we have the Holy Spirit who is advocating for us, who is reminding us that we are children of God, who is saying things in Romans 8.26. This is just two verses back. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit of God intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We have this advocate, the Holy Spirit who is is within us, who is advocating on our behalf in our weakness, in our sufferings, in the challenges. The Holy Spirit is there with us. So that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. This, this, I just, I have to. It will work together for good. God can do that, will do that. This, this is not that we may see every situation substantively, physically, and materially changed to our good comfort and physical blessing. I wrote it down so that I could say it the way that I intended to say it. I'm going to say it again. We may not see every situation substantively, 
physically and materially changed to our good comfort and physical blessing. You see, that's what people, when they say everything happens for a reason, or when they say um, it, will, it will end up in good, good will come out of this, that's what they're thinking is that somehow, even though it's painful right now, I will somehow be stronger in the end. There will be some sort of physical, uh, substantive good that I can feel and see right now. Or in just a little bit. But what this is saying is that for the sake of the kingdom of God, God takes all circumstances and works them together in some mysterious way that we don't understand. But somehow he takes all of this brokenness, all of this trash, all of this garbage, all of the things that you go, there's no way any good can come out of this. And he goes, how about if it looks like that? And you step back and go, whoa! How did he do that? He's God. It's his prerogative. He's sovereign over everything. He can just... There it goes. So that when God says, look, here's how it's going to end. I know you see all these different situations right now, all these different circumstances right now, all that stuff in your past. I see. Let me just tell you right now, give you a little bit of a preview. Jesus is going to come again. There's going to be judgment over all of the sin. Any of you who love me and believe in my son, I'm going to take all of your sin away so that you don't have that anymore. No judgment for you. And you get to participate in the glory of my son forevermore. That's where it's all going. Are you sure, God? Because it doesn't feel like that right now. I, I can't fully see that right now. Do you know about all of the stuff in my past? All of the things? I don't even know. No good can come from this. Do you know about those things, God? And God goes, yeah. I search hearts and minds. I know everything. Did you think that was out of my control? This is where it's going. Nothing can stop that. It's all going there. And when you love me, you're on your way there too. That's the promise that we're hanging on to in this. That God is saying, look it, this is where it's going. We're all going this way. And so all of this stuff is going to be worked together for good, for God's kingdom bringing redemption in the world to the ultimate glorification of His Son. All of it is headed that way. That's amazing. That's amazing. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Paul has been struggling and he's been telling the Corinthians, he goes, I just really was struggling with this. But God said to me in verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, with insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul is saying, just like Kanye West, whatever doesn't kill me just makes me stronger. No. When I am weak, God's strength is perfected in my weakness. Christ is strong within me when I am weak. So I will endure all of these things, weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong because of Him. Because of Him. For we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Now, this is not to say that the circumstances themselves are good. Not all of the circumstances are good. Let's not confuse the end result with the process. Some of the stuff that we deal with or have dealt with that has happened to you because of your sin or because of someone else's sin against you, though I'm not saying that all of those things are good. Many of them are not. They're painful. They hurt. They're messy. They're broken. In and of themselves, those things are not good. But even those things that are broken and messy and ugly, God works together so that they can become good. It's a really amazing thing. You know when you're scrolling through Facebook or Pinterest or something and they... they um, post these things and, and you go, oh, that looks kind of interesting. And you click on it to see what, what this is about. I saw one of those. There was this woman, she was an artist. And um, artists have my respect, the good ones. The good artists have my respect. Because they put together these things that are just really beautiful. And what she had done is uh, she'd played the doodle game with her uh, preschooler. Have you ever played the doodle game? One person takes a pen and a piece of paper and scribbles all over it, and then the next person has to look at that and decide what it is and turn it into something that resembles or looks like anything. And so what she had done is she had given paper and pen to her toddler and had gone, draw something. And the toddler had gone, like a toddler does. And then she asks the toddler, what is that? And the toddler says, well, it's lakes and a tree. Oh. And so she starts to take the pen and add some color. And you see the before picture, the thing that the toddler had drawn and the description of what it was and this amazing result, how she had taken the bones and the lines and the things that the toddler had done and made them into this beautiful work of art with color and depth and dimension. And you're just going, whoa, how did she do that? Because when my toddler scribbles on something and hands it to me and tells me what it is, I I love it. I, it's beautiful. I just I really like how you added the duck in that's not a duck. I really like how you added what is this? 
And somehow she sees what the toddler has done and she sees what it can be and she takes what the toddler has done and makes it what it can be and you just marvel at that. And that's the business that God is in. He takes this stuff that is messy and, and ugly and, and disgusting and we look at it and go, no good can come from this and he takes it and he just changes it and transforms it into something beautiful and amazing. And you go, how did he do that? How did he do that? All of those insults, the betrayal, all of the pain, the rejection, the mocking. The murder? As all of these things happen to Jesus and he's put up on the cross. And his followers are walking along and they're looking at him and going, We thought he was the Messiah. We thought he was the Messiah, but instead of accepting him as king, everybody has rejected him. Instead of hailing him, everyone has insulted him and mocked him and beat him and rejected him. And now he hangs there on the cross. Ugly and disgusting and messy. And he dies and is buried and his followers are going... No good can come from this. And three days later, he is resurrected from the grave. And he comes and he says, didn't you understand? Didn't you know all of the things that I had been telling you? Didn't you get it? I had to have these things happen so that my glorification can happen and so that you can participate with me in it. And his, his disciples were going, Oh! You had to die! Yeah. When you said that this is... That you, when you... When you said... That it was better for you to go away. This is what you meant? Yeah. And now I'm going to go away again and you are going to have the Holy Spirit. And for those of us who love God, we have the Holy Spirit who is testifying to us that we are children of God so that we by the Holy Spirit can cry, Abba, Father. And that in our sufferings, when we don't even know how to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf according to the will of God so that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. God is calling us. Those who love God have been called by His purpose. 
to, to the glorification of His Son and our participation in that so that we might delight in Him. We are being called to that. And for those of us who are being called to that, who love Him, then the whole process, whatever it looks like, whatever it has been, wherever we are at right now, God's going to work all of that together for good. There's nothing that can stop that. There's nothing that can stop that. We're like a, a, a boat on the ocean and all of the waves and all of the stuff tossing us. And we go, I don't know if I can make this. And there's stuff happening inside and we're going, there might be mutiny here. I don't know what's going on. But certainly the mess inside the boat and the mess outside the boat, I don't know where this is going, but I love God. And what, here's what I know. He is going to make sure that I get to where I'm going. Nothing's going to knock us off course. The waves are not going to sweep you overboard. You will not capsize. It's going to look like a mess, but God is going to work all of those things together and in the end you will get to exactly where God purposes for you to be. How does He do that? What does that look like? I'm just telling you the promise. I'm just reminding you the thing that you already know. Because what I want is for you, when you're thinking back on those things that have happened to you in the past, and you go, I just, nothing good can come from that. I want you to remember that for those who love God, He works all things together for good. As you're struggling with things right now, and you're going, no good can come from this, I want you to remember that through God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those who love Him, when we love Him, He's going to do that. It just will happen. And so when you're driving down the road, and those tires lift off, you're going, oh. Some of you are really tempted to just jerk that wheel. Because you can feel that the tires have come off and, and you don't have traction and you're beginning to drift and you're starting to freak out. And I just want to remind you, you're going to get to where you're going. You just, you just love God and you aim those tires straight down that lane. Because there's going to be traction again and God is going to get you there. Do not veer, do not swerve. Locked on. Locked on. This is a promise for us. This is a promise for those who love God. When we've got our eyes fixed there and we love Him, God is going to just, it doesn't matter. Everything that happens, boom, it's going to end up there. He's going to do that. Nobody else can claim that promise. They may try. Everything happens for a reason. It will all work out for good. Don't worry. Be happy. Uh, I, it will all work out in the end. Come on. It will all work out in the end. What's your guarantee for that? Bob Marley had three little birds. Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. 
Really? That's what you got? Unfounded optimism? Let me tell you what's true. When you've got your eyes locked onto God and you love Him, nothing can keep you from attaining the goal. And when your eyes are not there, it doesn't matter how clear the running is, it doesn't matter how smooth the path or how fast you are, you are getting away from God. And no good can come from that. So as you are running and it feels like you are stumbling and slipping and you've got mud on your pants and the branches are whipping across your face and you don't think that you're going to make it because of exhaustion, I'm reminding you, God is going to get you there. And keep your eyes fixed on Him. Because we know, we know, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. He is sovereign and he will not fail. And has not failed. We will arrive at the goal. Let's pray. Father, sometimes it is easier for us to say these things than to know them. Easier to remind others than to cling to them ourselves in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of remembering the things that have happened in the past. And so, Lord, I ask that this morning, through the work of your Holy Spirit, you would be transforming hearts and minds. That you would give assurance to your people that you are sovereign. Nothing can catch you by surprise or thwart your plans. That you can redeem the messiest of situations. And so, Father, I pray for those who are here this morning that they might love you. That these things will be true for them. That these promises will be sure for them because of their love for you. And that as we remember this promise and meditate on it, that we might love you all the more. And Father, I pray. I pray for the times that we are interacting with friends and family and co-workers who are claiming these false promises for themselves that everything is going to be all right that everything happens for a reason, but they do not know or love you. Father, I pray that you would help us to have the words to speak in those moments to offer a true hope and a true promise rather than a platitude with unfounded optimism. Father, we need your help. And we need your presence. And so we thank you that you are here with us and that we have the Holy Spirit within us who will never leave us or forsake us, but will work all things together for good in us. That we might be glorified as your Son is glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.